Hey everyone, welcome back to Raising Gen Z. I'm Shira Myro, your host. Today we are talking about the dreaded curfew, and a lot of parents get stuck here. Yes. Where to begin? Curfew. What? <laughs> the curfew. Right. Well, I think, you know, what's funny about this, when I think about it, is I'm like, okay, well, Shira, what were you like with your curfew when you were younger? Like, how did you handle it as a teen? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, my dad was a very authoritarian parent. And I would say that my older sister and I were, I hate to say it, goody two shoes. We had some, <laughs> we, we had some mitigating circumstances, but, but my younger sister was the, the rebel and the black sheep. And boy, did she and my dad go at it with the curfew. Oh my God. <laughs> you know so. what? I didn't, I didn't even need to hear you say that. And just knowing you, I'm like, you for sure were not breaking curfew. <laughs> you were following the rules. Absolutely. Yes, I um, was. And you know what? I was kind of the same. I had an uh, oh, really? older brother, younger sister. Yeah, they were they were throwing parties at the house when my parents were out of town. No problem. And I would have this tremendous sense of like guilt and like I didn't want to get in trouble. It was, you know, and it's funny because I think this episode, we're probably going to talk to the parent that um, is having a kid who's pushing against the curfews. But there's a the other side of the story, which is the the teen that that doesn't push against them. And I it's funny because I think at this point in my life, I uh, th- I've realized there was negatives from not pushing boundaries. And so I find as an adult that like I try to like break the rules sometimes on purpose just to break out of that habit. I mean, like do do you feel like when you grew up was there, was there any negatives you feel like as an adult for not pushing curfews as a kid? Gosh, that's a great question. I'd, I'd, I'd have to think about that. I want to say having so many limits and and having growing up in such a strict setting turned me into a more permissive parent uh, to, ah. to compensate for that. And, you know, as we're coming out of COVID and at, at least – my 16-year-old is very anxious to make up for the last time. Uh, <laughs> now, the curfew thing is is really up front and center because he, well, I'm going to let you weigh in on this, but you know, one of the things I, I feel some guilt about is he wasn't able to go out and socialize for so many months on end. And so there's sort of this mm-hmm. parental guilt around them being cooped up for so long and now I'm kind of wavering, like, what's the right way to allow him to meet up with friends again and also be safe? But now I'm really sensing that pushback. He, you know, he wants to stay out really, really late. And I'm uncomfortable with that. So he's kind of the opposite of you. He was like your younger sister in a way, or like my my brother and my sister. Like he's a he's he's a boundary pusher. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to keep pushing the curfew. Yeah. That's my son. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so in some ways this is you know, it's perfect because I think when you look at it generationally, you know, a lot of the times a permissive parent can have that sort of boundary pushing kid as well. It's interesting how that plays out because you weren't pushing curfews, but then I, now you have a son who is, and you're, as much as he's challenged with the boundaries, you're challenged with the boundaries as well, because you're, you're used to growing up following the rules. <laughs> so it's like, what do I do? I don't know how to do this. And I think that that, like you said, is one of the biggest struggles for the permissive parent, right? Is that, that they don't, it's foreign to them to know how to navigate 
a kid who who's pushing the boundaries. But there's there's actually great utility in a kid pushing boundaries. It's really important, which is why I said for me, I have my adult life have tried to try to break boundaries at times on purpose. So it's funny that you have, I guess it's, maybe it's karma in a way that you have a, a, <laughs> I a think kid it pushing. Karma. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more. I'm curious, like what, like in, in what ways is it a battle for you and, and your, your son? Well, in order to set this up properly, you know, my husband is more of an authoritarian parent style. Okay. Uh, and I'm more permissive. So you can see that that causes a triangle, but certainly from all the couples that I work with, I don't think it's uncommon to have parents who are, are not on the same page style-wise. Sure. Opposites attract. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In so many ways. But, you know, so I I think that that sets up a tension and a a kind of dynamic. And so I think that, well, one of the the difficulties is, and because, you know, there isn't, there hasn't been as much contact with other parents of teens. I mean, now we have a lot of kids coming, you know, my son's social group coming over. And so you never know what quite to believe. You know, I think if my son got his way, he would have me believe that he, and of course, Gail's son, the podcast producer's son, are the only people in Santa Monica who have an 1130 curfew. And the rest of them have no curfew. And so, of course, I want some confirmation about this. Like, all right, so, you know, should I check in with so-and-so's parent? And they're like, no, 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 no. Not necessary. <laughs> of course, because if you did check in with that parent, they'd be like, well, my kid's saying that, you know, I'm the only one with curfews. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, so yeah. H- how would I navigate that? And of course, you know, they're always comparing. But I guess my question for you is, let's let's say a handful of his friends, and and I have done a little homework, are legitimately have um, later curfews, like 12 or 12.30, or there's there's one friend who has no curfew at all. And so... I struggle to navigate with that. Yeah, there's always that one kid. There's always that one family that's like way more permissive and allowing. And then there's also the opposite end, the extremely strict one. You know, there's everything kind of in between. This is tough for parents because, you know, you're trying to figure out what's what you're comfortable with. And I think that's the most important thing out of this is to to get clear on what it is that you want. And you got to kind of drown out some of the noise that other parents are doing. But if we're looking at this from at least what I you know, scientific data says is that you got to understand first that that there's a reason kids push boundaries. There is a utility to to growth that's necessary. So, you know, one of the one of the things that I think people can get overwhelmed with, and I don't know if you feel this way with in your situation, is that the conflict itself feels like it's a problem. And I, I'm often trying to tell parents like that's not the problem. The, the boundary pushing is part of the growth process. And if you can orient yourself to that direction, then you're going to have a much better time addressing it. Now, if you're more permissive, like you said, then uh, it's, you're going to be constantly worried about his feelings and wanting to kind of rescue his feelings and, and not wanting the sort of harshness of rules that maybe you feel like your husband who's authoritarian to kind of affect him. But a boundary pusher like your son uh, he's probably more closer to your husband in certain ways um, if he's more authoritarian. How so? I think because I think that like you and I were saying, we had guilt over breaking rules, right? There's a certain fear about breaking those rules, but there are other people that are, um, are rule breakers. They don't, they don't have that same sense of guilt over it, but they do need to feel the sense of a boundary there to know where the limit is. 
and and you and I, because we're kind of like more non rule breakers, we just need to know where the limit is. We'll never get close to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or we'll get right yeah. at the edge. But but I think in some ways the boundary pusher, they need to know where the limit is by pushing and seeing how far they can push. Now, what makes a kid feel emotionally safe, and this is what's so difficult to get across to a permissive parent is that you set a boundary and they feel the boundary and you hold the consequence of the boundary and you hold the limit of the boundary. They want to push against it. They'll never thank you for it, (laughs) but it actually makes them feel safe because what they realize is that there are limits to things in life. And especially around emotions, um, they start to internalize limits and kids need to internalize limits. So that's why you need boundaries. Well, let me ask you this. So, uh, you just mentioned consequences and enforcing those consequences. So what would be a reasonable consequence if your teen breaks his or her curfew? Um, you know, I think it varies family to family. I'm, but I think, I think that it should be discussed beforehand what the consequences. So, you know, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's important. Like from a clinical perspective, it's not important in my mind, whether the kid adheres to the boundary or not. It's that he knows the boundary is there and that he gets to make a choice. And if the choice is to break the boundary, the the consequence is clear beforehand and you as a parent have to hold the boundary so that a kid learns that I can break boundaries, but there's sometimes consequences. And I have to also accept the fact that when I make a choice to break a boundary, I have to accept the consequence. Like that's an important life thing to learn. So I always feel like that when a boundary is hit and your kid is getting angry and upset with you for that, this is a teaching moment and it doesn't matter the outcome as long as you hold the boundary and you hold the consequence, which is part of the boundary. No, that's great. You know, I, I do think it's easy for, for parents to get sucked into the drama, the conflict, the the complaining, the you know, the power struggle. And I know you mentioned um, on the last episode about how easy it is to lose sight of what you're really trying to do as a parent because you get emotionally reactive and you get emotionally triggered in the conflict and, and you forget, not only do you have to take the high road, but also you forget, I love what you said, that that it's a teaching moment, that it's it's more about helping them understand there are limits in life versus getting sucked into you're the... <laughs> Worst parent ever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hate yeah, you. yeah. All the well, stuff. Well, and I think I'm sure for you the conflict feels awful, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Like the conflict itself feels terrible. Yeah, and 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 for for a parent that's more kind of permissive, it does. Conflict feels terrible. That's why you never break boundaries. That's why you always follow rules. Whereas an authoritarian parent is used to like strict rules, but also kind of like making strong decisions and breaking them. So it's like. I think that you, knowing your parent parenting style is important, of course, um, but orienting yourself around what you need to help your kid grow, and, and really, like, what is the point? Like, why why does why do kids push boundaries? Why is that important for growth? Is a really important question, I think. And you know, kids are in this differentiation process that we know, which is where they're going from tra- transitioning from a kid who has everything taken care of for them, emotionally, physically. And they're trying to like venture out into being what it means to be an adult, which is taking on more freedom, which they want, 
but it also means taking on responsibility, which we know as adults is part of freedom, but you know, kids don't like that part, but it's part of it. So you, <laughs> right. when you it's think that extra yeah. stuff, yeah. Yes. So when you think, what are you doing with the curfew by setting a curfew time and setting a consequence if they break it and letting them make the choice is that you're le- letting them learn that. You're letting them learn that they have the freedom to choose. You're giving them the space to be a, a more of a to experience what freedom is like and experience the, the, the consequences of, of, of that freedom, which is the responsibility. So it's like, there's a great opportunity there, but if you take that whole interaction as a, as a problem, as a conflict to get rid of, then you're kind of missing the whole teaching moment an opportunity for them. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, an, another piece that's coming up for me as you're speaking about it is sometimes I perceive authoritative, sorry, authoritarian parenting, not, and what you're talking about is authoritative to be clear, but as fear-based, you know, oh my God, you know, nothing good happens after 1230 (laughs) or, you know, there'll be drunk drivers on the road, those kinds of things. Uh, Or, you know, you might get into trouble late at night. And I think part of what's complicated is, you know, I, I don't necessarily perceive myself as permissive in a sense of, of disengaged or never wanting to, to confront or my child in terms of setting a limit. But I also think that part of their learning is to learn from their experience. And without giving them some increased autonomy, you know, I'd rather have them w- within reason, of course, I don't want anybody to, to get hurt at night or, you know, any, anything like that. But I, I definitely think that there's some value in some value in learning from their mistakes. And so that that's another layer of this. I don't I don't know if it sort of falls neatly into, you know, authoritarian versus permissive parenting, but I, I do think when it's when the when the limit is coming out of a rigid sense of fear, I think, underneath, like, you know, nothing good happens and can't get into trouble, they don't get the opportunity to show that they're maturing and show that they can take responsibility. And so it's not easy. I feel like it's it's not so cut and dried. There's a balance. And when you think of authoritarian versus a permissive parent, they're on the opposite sides of the spectrum and they need to find their way into the middle, which is the authoritative, right? So you don't want to be so rigid that somebody never knows how to break the rules. And and in the process, they, they never they never um they never try to push boundaries. They're they're kind of emotionally stunted. At the same time, you don't want to overwhelm a kid with no boundaries which is what a permissive parent does. Like, I'll just let you do whatever you want. I just don't want you to be upset. They never learn how to feel safe emotionally. So you're, you're trying to find this middle ground of authoritative. And, you know, usually you kind of are strong in one, stronger in one and weak in the other. So, you, you know, being aware of that is important. Well, let me ask you this. So, I mean, there, there's some kids like my son that are so excited to go out and to socialize again. But there have been many, many teens who are anxious and have sort of lost or maybe decompensated a little bit during COVID and don't want to go out. What what advice would you give to parents who are struggling with a teen who feels safer at home or safer on their phone and, yeah. and you know, disengaging from from the opportunity to, to rebuild their social lives? No, I think it's a good topic to talk about because I think as we are coming out of COVID, there's, there has been for some teams this sort of excitement and sort of um, over-excitement, desperation, understandably, to want to be social and to want to go out and to not miss out on anything, even cooped up. But then there are some kids that 
that, that through this process, you know, not even kids, adults too. That yes, you know, sort adults of, too, exactly. You, 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 you kind of feel scared. You know, there's a lot more anxiety. Sometimes a lot of kids can have social anxiety arise and stuff, you know. I think that when we're talking about the kid that's pushing the boundaries like your, your son, you know, they're the ones that are, are pushing against it. When we're talking about the kid who's afraid to, to kind of push the boundaries, they're, they're sort of afraid that it's going to be too much over, overwhelming emotionally. That's the one that's sort of maybe kind of like you and I, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I feel too overwhelmed emotionally. So I think, you know, a parent like, of that kind of kid can encourage going out, um, can create like, um, I think great game plans. You know, like if you feel this, then this is the, this is what you do. Like to help create some kind of structure and and plans for them. So if they felt um, scared in a moment or anxious, that okay, now you can call me. I'll come pick you up. Like whatever it is. But you, if you help them kind of plan for contingencies, exactly that might make them more feel more safe to get out. Yes, they might need more. In a way, they might need more handholding. Whereas the one that's pushing the boundary, like your son, and they don't want any handholding. You have to actually insert in and make sure that there is a curfew there. (laughs) Makes so much sense. And if you feel like they're struggling with anxiety or depression, residual anxiety, depression, I mean, even though we've had the benefit of the vaccines, you know, COVID is by no means over. What would you, what might you say to them? You know, let's say if they're afraid of the variant or who knows what, you know, because there's so many layers to this. Uh, how would you approach that? No, and it's a great question. I, I'm worried about veering too far off from the the the, the teen that pushes the boundaries. <laughs> you know, the parents <laughs> know. listening and that are like, "What about my kid?" You know. <laughs> um, sure. But I, what I would say, yeah, I would say that that we probably should, maybe we should spend some time at some point in a future episode talking about that. But what do you do with a kid who's kind of scared to get outside and stuff? But like I said, I think I think it's just acknowledging that that that's the kind of kid that. When we're talking about parental support and parental limit setting, um, these are the two ingredients that science says you need to get to that authoritative parent, right? Um, Sometimes a kid who's scared to go out needs a lot more parental support. Um, What you're talking about with your son pushing against the boundaries, that's a limit setting problem, not necessarily a parental supports problem. So it's like a different problem, if that makes sense. Makes so much sense. And do you preface the limit setting with some parental support, like acknowledging that they want to get out and they they're trying to make up for lost time and they want to connect with their friends again? So here's here's where I think that interplays with this. And you know, actually, we I know we have a um, a question from from one of the listeners. I can read it because I think that this is similar to what your situation is and it might be a good thing for us to kind of talk about. So great. Jill from Los Angeles writes, now that we are out of the pandemic, my 15 year old daughter and I constantly argue about curfew. I find myself getting so frustrated trying to get her to listen to reason. She has an answer for everything. (laughs) I know (laughs) it's not good, but I can't stand the tension. So sometimes I end up just giving in. How can I fix this and get my relationship with my daughter back on at least good terms? Great question. Yeah, I know. Really good question. And this is, yeah. So this is, this is, as, as we talked before, you can hear in this part of her is uncomfortable with the tension herself. So she's having her own sort of issues with the tension arising. Hmm. And so she gives in, which is, is not good. It actually leads to this feeling of there's not boundaries. But I, I think for this kid, they're wanting to push boundaries 
they're eager to get out and they're always going to have an answer for everything because they're wanting that that's the pushing against the boundaries. So that's the important thing to know is that like what's happening in the situation. So you can hear partly that this is probably a permissive parent. Sorry, Jill, <laughs> but you're in good company. You're in good company. Join the club. Yeah, join the club. Yeah, you're in good company <laughs> because she wants it to get back to a place where she and her daughter feel good together. And unfortunately, when it comes to limit setting, that's not always possible. When your kid was younger, you know, you always kind of made up after there was a conflict. But teens need to keep pushing against you. They need to be angry at you. And part of it as a parent, as a permissive parent, is to be able to tolerate that discomfort. They're struggling with is learning how to grow from being a kid to an adult, and it's uncomfortable, and there's a tension to that. And they want you... They want to externalize that by putting that tension on you, which sometimes means that you and your daughter will have uncomfortable feelings amongst each other. I think that where an authoritarian parent gets it wrong is that they try to then just control that and dominate. Where there's an importance to the support, like you're saying, is to love your kids through that discomfort, to not panic yourself, to hold the boundaries, to every time the fight happens to, you know, there really shouldn't be a power struggle there, I don't think. You know, you're in charge and they're upset that you are. And that's understandable. It's understandable that they're upset. Could you give us some language? Like, let's say if, if you were role playing, or let's role play. All right. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be the daughter okay. <laughs> and, and, and you, you be Jill. Yes. Um, See, you just did a really good job there of reining me in. You were keeping me <laughs> focused. You put a boundary in place and I'm like, okay, I got to be more specific. <laughs> See, it's perfect. <laughs> Okay, so. I, okay, so here here would be the role play. The role play would be the daughter is saying, I want to go out and, you know, my friends, you know, their parents don't have any boundaries. I would probably say something like, I understand how frustrating that is. You know, I get that you want to have the same curfew. And I get that you're really angry at me because in this household, this is the curfew that we have. What if I said, yeah, like I'm the only one who has a curfew. No one else won. You know, no one else has one. You know, you're you're just being whatever, a dictator. Um, this yeah. is so stupid. This is so arbitrary. Our curfews are so I arbitrary. It. I get it. I get that you're upset. I understand. And still, this is the curfew that we have. This is so lame. I, I hate you, mom. I know. I know. I get it. You can totally feel that I'm lame. Look, at the end of the day, honey, I trust you to make the right choice. If you break the curfew, just know that next time you won't be able to go out. But if if you adhere to the curfew, you come back, you don't have to like it and you can be angry at me. I'm, I'm, that's okay. Uh, and uh, what are the consequences if she, just off the cuff, what might be a consequence if uh, if the daughter says, you know, I don't care what you say. I'm going out with my friends. I'd say, okay, you can make that choice. But just so you know, you're making a choice and that choice is going to have a consequence to it. And so you'll be making that choice to maybe lose out on hanging out with them the next time. But I support you either choice you make, honey. I love you either way. Wow. <laughs> That's really good, Ian. Cause, because you can hear in that, I'm giving them the support. I'm, I'm taking care of their feelings, but I'm also acknowledging that there's a struggle for their own personal autonomy that they're battling with and they need to battle with me with. But I'm also like, I'm not, I'm in charge. I love them, but you know, and I, I would even put a limit on how much arguing you would have. At a certain point in that conversation, if it kept going and they kept arguing, I know Jill says she has an answer for everything. I would say, 
you know what, honey, I feel like we're running in circles. I've let you know what the consequences are. I've let you know what the curfew is. You can make whatever choice you're going to make. But this conversation, I think we need to end it right now. And if we continue to have a conversation about this and you continue to badger me, it might actually affect the curfew time. So, so I'm, I'm putting in limits, but I'm also caring for them and their feelings the whole time. That's really good. I, I wish I could just internalize everything that you just said. <laughs> well, it's a little easy from the outside, that's for sure. <laughs> it, it, it totally is, you know, and th- there really is a there really is a parallel because the same thing with fights with couples, you know, that you're it's a skill. These these are learned, it's learned communication. It's not something that you you just automatically know how to do or you could read it online. You have to try it out, you have to practice it. And what I would invite listeners, I mean, even as a, I'm inviting myself, is to give yourself permission to try it out. And, you know, it may not feel very good or even go very well the first or second or third time. But eventually, if you keep staying intentional and keep bringing your attention to the kind of parent that you want to be, right, that that sweet spot of authoritative where there's support and there's limits, eventually it's going to kick in, but it just, it won't happen overnight. Right. No. And you know what you and I have to, we've had to work on this in certain ways in our own personal lives, considering we were the kid that always maybe paid attention to the rules. I think the, the most important orientation that I have and that was made me successful working with very difficult teens and inpatient and, and, and parents and was un, not being attached to the outcome understanding that what really is going on here is a kid is struggling with personal agency and autonomy. And it's a struggle. And all kids have to go live with that tension to figure it out. We as adults are constantly living with that tension, but we we have skill around it because we've experienced it. So that there's always this struggle with autonomy. And if I'm attached to the outcome of the choice the kid my kid makes, then it's only going to pull me into my own drama and my own emotional upheaval. So I don't I don't get attached to how the kid shows up and what they, I just make it clear to him, them, that they have choice in this process. And this, these are the options of the choices that they can make. And so then as a parent, you can let go of, of having to always have, as Jill says in, in, the, in the example, having it to always feel good between the two of you for you as a parent to feel good. So that's my advice. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like rising to the the, the Buddhist Zen state of parenthood. Well, it it, it forces you to, that's for sure. (laughs) Or else you suffer. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yes, we do. Okay. So last question, just because I'm curious. Um, First of all, this was amazing and so helpful. So I guess, I don't know if it's a sidebar, but in what ways do you feel like you tested limits uh, as an adult? If you, you know, if you, you were really diligent about following the rules growing up as a teen? Okay. So great question. And I think, you know, I didn't break any rules. I was always a rule follower, but then that left me riddled with anxiety because I never got to test things. I never got to kind of experience emotional regulation by failing, by, by, by messing up. So I think as an adult, I, I, you know, I was riddled with anxiety. I always did the right thing as a kid. I couldn't figure out why graduating college, I was so struggling compared to others. And I think that, you know, if I was going to give myself a prescription back, you know, now looking back then, I would have said, if I was working with myself as a, as a, as a therapist, I'd say, you need to break some rules, be a bad boy a little bit. 
I mean, my version of bad boy would have been right. tame, I'm sure. sure. But like, I was on the opposite side compared to the kid like Jill or your kid who's pushing the boundaries. They almost need to ex- experience, you know, kind of like you, like you asked before about like working through the anxieties. So, you know, for me as an adult, where do I break boundaries? Um, you know. <laughs> well, you don't have to disclose. No, I'll, I'll say something really stupid and silly because it's just silly, but it's funny. I think it's funny. It pops in my head. So I went to the Hearst Castle, I want to say a few years ago. Um, I was driving up Big Sur and um, they have this one section that says, not allowed to step on here or, or a, a bell goes off, you know, Uh-oh. and everybody's okay. walking by and not paying attention. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to, I'm going to step on that. I'm going to do that. You know, and I step on it and the bell goes off and everybody looks at me and I'm, and I kind of like, oh, well, you know. But it sounds so silly and stupid, but I'm pushing my comfort zone there. Mm. I'm like, you know, or or maybe having a conversation with a stranger, you know, like somebody interesting that you meet and you're like, oh, I really want to talk to them, but I feel kind of scared or whatever. I push myself to say, I'm going to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm pushing the external boundaries as a way to kind of expand and push the internal boundaries. I don't need help reining in the internal boundaries. I need help pushing them. Your son... Jill's daughter probably need help reining in the boundaries, not pushing against them. (laughs) Pushing against them. Oh my gosh, this was so great. So that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you all so much for being with us. You can join us every other week and you can also follow us on at Raising Gen Z on Instagram. And please send us your questions. You can DM us or you can send us an email, raisinggenz at gmail.com. Till next time.